Oh, hi, donks. What time is it? It is 12.41 p.m. I should say a.m. What am I saying? Uh, East Coast time. I guess today is now Sunday, so that makes it the 19th. My name is Luke Thomas from Showtime, from SiriusXM, and of course, from this YouTube channel. This is my UFC 246 post-fight special. If you do not want spoilers, if you do not want results, and believe me, some people want to watch this video without getting it. I don't understand how that works, but I don't include the spoilers. Everyone gets mad. So if you don't want spoilers, now's your time to get out of here because I'm going to play the stinger, and then we're going to get to everything that just happened with Conor McGregor, Cowboy, Donald Cerrone, the whole nine yards. So without further ado, let's get this party started, shall we? All right. Um, of course, I'm going to bit of overkill here with this uh, subscribe button. Please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Really appreciate that when you guys do. It's a big help for me and, of course, my ambitions here for 2020. So hit that subscribe button, click the notification bell, give a thumbs up on the video, tell your friends about it. Here we are live, UFC 246 post-fight special. I come to you from your nation's capital in Los Estados Unidos. Okay, as I mentioned, I have given you all of your warnings about spoilers. That's all done here. All right, so without further ado, let me turn off my screen here on the right side because uh, it is very distracting. And let me pull up my results uh, from the side of the screen. Okay, so UFC 246 took place, as we all know, the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Luminaries in attendance Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield chewing his food like he was some sort of cow, this bovine creature. Uh, but you don't care about that. You want to know about what happened and what it all means. So let's get to it. In your main event, Conor McGregor defeats Donald Cowboy Cerrone in a whopping 40 seconds into the first round. It was a one-way ass-kicking for as long as it lasted. It was not competitive. Hang on just a second. It was not competitive at all. Um, not even a little bit. So let's go through what happened first and then what it all might mean. As I indicated on Twitter, one of my favorite moments in all of combat sports is when it, what happens is the fighters will come and they will, in the main event, they will face off. The referee gives instructions, says they touch gloves, and then he sends them back to the cage. This moment where they sends them back to their corners and they're waiting right before he starts it. There's this little tension. And as I explained, it's sort of like that moment in Jurassic Park when the T-Rex discovers that the fence is no longer electrocuted. And um, well, it was real nice tension in the air. Both guys came out. They looked ready to go. Uh, they touched gloves, actually, when Connor entered the, the cage. And then the, uh, when they faced off for the referee's instructions. So there was no bad blood to, to the way Connor had described pre-fight, right? And uh, so what happened? They Connor, you know, there was um, there was real concern, I think, from some Conor McGregor supporters that he had this really calm demeanor. What would that mean for the fight? Because in many of his other fights, he didn't have like an out, you know. The, the one against Nurmagomedov was like tr even for him over the top. But, you know, he always had this like larger than life personality, antagonistic you know, showing up with the fur coat against Eddie Alvarez at the press conference and suck his big Irish balls, that whole thing. And this time there was none of that. It was focused, clear, 
uh, sober, quite literally, and then metaphorically. And I think people thought that that meant he would, you know, is that going to change his fighting style? Not even a little bit, man. Um, he came out, and one thing that Connor loves to do is immediately come across the cage, not like sprint, but almost a little bit, and then take center or take center and then push back a little bit. What you were looking for in this fight were two things. One, to what extent is there space between Connor and Cowboy? And then what is the extent of the space between the back of Cerrone and then the fence, right? And to the extent that there was space in between all of those things, um, that would benefit Cerrone. Well, Connor got rid of that shit immediately. Immediately. Goes right across the ring. Fires, I believe, a left hand, like a very, very uh, stern one. Cerrone, to his credit, kind of slipped it. And you can slip, for folks who may not know this, there's different windows where you can slip. You can slip to the side, and then you can slip even more to the side, and then you can kind of do almost like a near duck, right? It's not really, you're not really ducking because the ducking is coming forward. You're still slipping, but you're going way far down to the side. So Cerrone dips way far off to the side, doesn't really go for the takedown, and so they end up clinching. And the first thing I thought of immediately, because I had gone back and watched all of Cerrone's fights in preparation for this, was I was like, wow, this is what happened when he fought Lawler. Remember, at 170, he and Lawler clinched up. And then, because Lawler came out like a bat out of hell, because Cerrone is characteristically not a strong starter. And I was like, wow, man, this is just like the Lawler fight. But then, it, then immediately it wasn't. I think Cerrone either, I have to go back and watch, but Cerrone either had an overhook or an underhook, but they were kind of locked in the clinch, but not this way, but open like a, you know, like a sandwich. Or not a sandwich, but I don't know, like a V. And as a result, Connor would, there's a height differential, which can be bad if someone locks up the clinch if they're taller, like you saw with the Mazo and Aldrich fight, which we'll get to much, much later. In any event, Connor then leaps into with the shoulder, with like the front head of the shoulder, and then that you know the 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 bone there a little bit too. He leaps into it, and then through two, three, maybe even four of them, he ends up like busting up Cowboy's nose and a little bit his eye to the point where the nose is bleeding and visibly something is wrong with it beyond just the fact that it's leaking at that point. Then they separate, uh, and Connor drills him with a head kick. Now. Donald had his hand up at least a little bit, but it, it wasn't like, like you can get your hand up by your jaw, you can get your hand up by your ear. Uh, I've seen some fighters, they'll wrap their he their hand around the back of their head, right? This one was a little bit loose. Again, I'll have to go back and watch. This is, I mean, the fight just ended moments ago, but um, it was a little, it, it was, the hand got up, but it wasn't super tight and it snuck through. I think around the back of it. So I think the hand was a little bit forward, which created some space there. And it snuck through. And uh, it rocked him. It, he kind of stumbled back, Cerrone did, against the fence. And Connor threw a flying knee. It misses. But then they change angles from this way to this way. And Connor just unloads on him, at which point he's kind of covering up. He falls. He did the Eddie Alvarez thing Cerrone did where he tried to invert so he doesn't just fall to a side, but then tries to roll all the way upside down. Uh, and Connor, Connor has like a lot of guys just go ba ba ba. They they're just unloading. Who was it? Drew Dober did a good job. We'll, we'll talk about later as well. Holding one hand on the head and then the other hand to finish. Right, like you know, really using a stiff arm on him. 
in any event, Connor didn't do that. He just sort of really kept his base low, but his posture a little bit high, right? So you can get your secured position, but you can get enough distance where you can come down on him. And, uh, boy, he did. He did. And he unloaded on him to the point where referee Herb Dean, Herb Dean gave Donald Cerrone. I know the fight was only 40 seconds, but I'm telling you, folks, Herb Dean gave Donald Cerrone every opportunity, given the circumstances, that he was entitled to. And uh, at that point, he just crushed him. He crushed him, and then the fight was called off there. Conor McGregor looked awesome. There's just no denying that. Conor McGregor looked awesome. Uh, he looked great. Uh, he was. He seemed to me level-headed this week. Uh, he seemed to me, I think, you know, again, it was a lot of times different, unnerves people, you know. But to me, um, it needed to be different. He couldn't go back in there with that same Khabib energy. And frankly, I don't think you could, could have gone back in there with the same, I don't know. There was this energy he had. He's, he's always got something to prove because... Well, one, he has haters who doubt him, obviously, and, and you know, and fair critics too. But uh, he's always got really lofty goals, right? He's going to beat all these guys. He wants to fight and win the one fifty five pound title. Wants to win the one seventy pound title. He wants to win the, win the world boxing title. Like he's got these grand ambitions, you know. Um, and so I think a lot of people are really nervous about like the scale of the ambition and what's going to be left. And is this guy falling off? You know, there's still a lot of unanswered questions and we'll talk about those in just a second, but, uh, for what we saw for fight week, for his approach, for the 40 seconds in there, he looked great. He looked great. Uh, pre-fight, but here, this was my, uh, you know, and I'll do this whenever I get him right. And I'll do this whenever I get him wrong. Cause it is inevitable I will get them wrong. But a couple of these, um, well, this this one I got, right? And, and I was even hedging. My attitude was, the guy we saw beat Eddie Alvarez might have been one of the best, if not the best, Conor McGregor we've ever seen. You could say this one looked better, but to me, the circumstances of jumping up the weight class, and you know, I know that Cerrone has a win over Alvarez, but I don't know. That, that performance, and then also, you know, Alvarez lasted a little bit longer, so Conor had to... Not dig deep exactly, but he had to stay focused throughout the course of a round and a half. And uh, so that was to me the best Conor McGregor I've ever seen. I was like, even if he's a tick or two below that, he should win. Which is not to demean Donald Cerrone. It all sounds so demeaning to him. But this was a fight that, while I want to be very clear about this, Conor looked awesome. He did everything he was supposed to do, probably a little bit more. But he was supposed to win this. I mean, he should have won this. This was not a fight he should ever have lost. If, like, here's the thing. Connor beating Cerrone was, is, is important, and it does tell you some. I wish the fight would have gone a little bit longer so we could have gotten a little bit more to know about him. Like, hey, how's the gas tank look? Blah, 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 blah. All that kind of stuff. But um, it wasn't meant to be. But um, he was supposed to win this one. If he had lost to me, it would have been devastating, but he didn't. He looked really great, and he did everything he said he was going to do, and uh, again, a little bit more. But um, So let's talk about the good. There is some, not, there's not bad exactly, but again, we want to hedge some things here. I don't want everyone to go crazy and lose their mind and say, oh my God, he can beat everyone in the world. I mean, God only knows what he's going to do, right? You know, you doubt Conor McGregor at your own peril, but at the same time, he does have some losses, and um, I don't think any fighter is uh, unbeatable in any event. Let's talk about the good. One, the pivot to this new attitude. Now, I put up a video about some of the stuff his uh, coach had said about the camp. 
And to be very clear about this, because I know there was some debate about what was said in the video, you can go watch that fucking video. I'll stand by that video 10 times out of 10, which was John Cavanaugh had said, you know, we just sort of get out of Connor's way and he knows more about all this than fighting. It's like, well, by the way, I had other MMA coaches reach like high level ones, ones that were there tonight, reach out to me about that claim, about the video telling me I was right, just pointing that out. But um, the point, the, the concern was look, if the coach is speaking, and I said this in the video, if the coach is speaking euphemistically, uh, then who cares? I mean, he's just saying nice things because he's saying nice things, right? Or, you know, he's just sort of speaking in a way of generalities that there's no real issue here. Okay, fine, no problem. My only concern would be uh, if what you really need to get the best out of yourself is to get someone kind of in your ear and making you do things you don't want to do. If you're the guy where the buck stops, I'm not even sure that it would have stopped him against Cerrone, again, said in the video, but over time against elite opposition, if that is in fact what is happening, that could eventually cause problems to me jury's still out did he look awesome tonight no doubt about it he looked great on the scales he looked physically ready to go he looked like he was excited about the competition again he, again from a strategic approach did he do all the same things he did against Alvarez no against Alvarez there was a lot of um, absorbing the pressure and then and then countering this one was about applying the pressure but you know in a very scientific way uh, so, no, he didn't b b borrow the same one, but the same competitive spirit. It was all there. It was all uniform. My only concern about it is it was only 40 seconds. So, does he have cardio problems? We have no idea. We have no idea. There's no way to know. But in that 40 seconds, he looked dynamite. He looked absolutely dynamite. And, and by the way, here's another good thing. Again, Donald Cerrone, I'm not saying he has a bad chin. I'm not saying he has a good chin. I just think, at the, you know, with the amount of damage he's absorbed... Uh, you're not going to just blow past him if you're some scrub, but you're—I uh, don't know that he's going to be able to withstand punishment, maybe like he could have ten years ago. Which is to say, the following: I had concerns about McGregor's power. How would it translate to 170? You know, is that, what, what do we really know about what it would look like up there? Blah 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 blah. Um, I thought it looked good. I thought it looked good. Now he got rocked with the head kick. But he kind of got rocked, not rocked, but he got structural damage with the shoulder. All this is to say, I don't know exactly how good his firepower is at 170, but between this and this and then that kick he threw, seemed more than enough. Seemed more than enough, right? Uh, you know, Jorge Masvidal has a pretty dominant win over Donald Cerrone that happened a few years ago. I mean, this was a thousand times more dominant than that. I mean, let me actually go through here. Let me, let me count how fast Donald Cerrone's losses have been. All right, so he lost to McGregor in 40 seconds. He lost to Justin Gaethje in four minutes and 18 seconds. Ferguson went two rounds with him back in the, Jesus, just June? For fuck. Fu oh, okay, 2019. I was like, what the fuck? Okay, yeah. Uh, Iaquente went the full five, but of course Cerrone won that. Let's just stick to the losses. He went the full five with Leon Edwards. Darren Till lasted four minutes and 20 seconds. Robbie Lawler, uh, decision. Jorge Masvidal. That fight should have been stopped in the first round. It went to the second round, but I'll count it as the minute into the second round. He had no business coming out for that second round. Jorge put it on him late, okay? Just want to be that very clear about that. Dos Anjos, a minute and six seconds, but that was at lightweight. Uh, Dos Anjos beat him previously in five minutes, or excuse me, um, decision. Anthony Pettis, two and a half minutes. Nate Diaz, 
Full distance, Benson Henderson back in WEC 48, uh, two minutes into the first. Benson Henderson back in WC 43, full distance. Jamie Varner, full distance. And that's it. This is the fastest Donald Cerrone's ever been beaten. Now, in fairness to Donald Cerrone, he's 36 years old. He's going to be 37 in March. But that is the fastest he's ever been beaten. That's a hell of a win, man. That's a hell of a win. That is not a chump he fought tonight, Conor McGregor. That was a very, very credentialed, legendary, frankly, fighter. And he got demolished in under a minute. No one's beaten him that fast. Dos Anjos came pretty close at a different weight class. So that's pretty goddamn impressive. All this is to say, dude, Conor's got... I mean, again, I don't know exactly how his punching power translates from 155 to 170 at this point. Maybe it's the same. Who cares? Here's what I'm saying. He's got plenty of firepower. He's got plenty of options. He puts it on people. He's dialed in from the minute that the referee says go. Let's talk about that for a second if we can. Jesus Christ, man. If there is one thing, I don't give a shit how much of a critic you are of Conor McGregor as a fighter. Can you say which one of them was a person or whatever else? As a fighter. I've never seen a guy who's that good every time when the bell rings. Um, I don't know if you guys watch international wrestling at all. I've made this comparison a, a few times, or even collegiate wrestling. There's this dude named Kyle Dake. In fact, he just won a major tournament over in Italy today. Dude, he's going to beat Jordan Bur- If they wrestle in the same weight class, he's going to beat Jordan Burroughs for, um, for the spot in the Olympic team in 2020. Mark my words, dude. Burroughs ain't getting past this version of Dake. And, and Burroughs has gotten past him many times. He ain't getting past this one. This guy is unbelievable. He won against some Turkish dude today with a tech fall in like 37 seconds. He beat the fuck out of this guy. Okay? An absolute murderer. And I remember watching this dude in college. If you guys don't know what Kyle Dake did in college, um, Kale Sanderson, who graduated my year, 2002 from college, I'm old as balls, he was uh, he went undefeated. He's now the coach at Penn State. Uh, but I think he was either in one or two weight classes the whole time. Kyle Dake won, he had losses during the year, but he won uh, an NCAA title all four years, so he was a four-time national champion, and what what set him apart was every year, from freshman to sophomore to junior to senior, he went to a new weight class and still won an NCAA title, and his senior year, he had to beat David Taylor, another murderer who's out there for the U.S. wrestling team, out there and, you know, just killing people. Okay, world champion, David Taylor. And Kyle Dake had to beat that fucking guy in college. No one had ever done that. I don't think anyone's done it since. No one's ever won four different national titles in four different weight classes. What does this have to do with Conor McGregor? I will, re- I will remember watching this guy because he competed at American University at the NWCA event. Um, and, I went, and I went and I watched him. Dude, like when he's warming up, he's kind of like whatever, whatever. You know, he's coming out. Do all the things that wrestlers or whatever do. And then they have to shake hands, and he lines up. And, dude, he like he was beaming with a smile. Like, right at the most tense moment of the match, right when it starts against this, like, highly credentialed stud. He, 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 I mean, and then I remember when he had to wrestle him at the NCAA Finals that same year, and it was on ESPN. He's out there with the mouthpiece in, grinning, shit-eating grin, like the Cheshire Cat. Dude, he can't wait. For that, th- like they, they can't blow the whistle, not to end it, but to start it fast enough. That is Conor McGregor. That is Conor McGregor. He's focused. He's dialed in, dude. 
whether it's Herb Dean or previously Big John McCarthy or Jason Herzog or I guess it won't be Mark Goddard given the issues, whoever ends up being his referee, Conor McGregor can't wait for that guy to clap it in. He can't do it fast enough because you're just killing time making this guy just, you know, fuck around with an ugly Reebok t-shirt until then. It's unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable what this guy is capable of so early in a fight. i never seen anything quite like it. He is just genius at that. I, better than anyone else I've ever seen in MMA. Better than anyone else. You know, St. Pierre had nerves, which is, you would imagine, St. Pierre's one of the greatest. I mean, you know, you could imagine, look at the pressure that was on, um, it was a different scenario, but Anderson Silva's face after he beat Nick Diaz. And I know that one's whole controversial and shit because of what happened afterwards, but... You know, you get the idea. Dude, he's so dialed in from the minute they go. And that was risky throwing that left because maybe, like, we talked about Cerrone's takedowns. I did a whole thing on it for uh, Morning Combat Dissected. What? When does Cerrone do takedowns? Under those conditions. Two conditions. He never presses somebody into the fence to go for a takedown. I even showed in the Leon Edwards fight with Donald Cerrone. That he'll press. Uh, he had he had he had Edwards pressed into the fence. He actually pulls Edwards off of the fence to complete the takedown. So one never against the fence. Two when an opponent positionally overcommits in space and he can crash into them. He doesn't like it when they're backing up or 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 planted flat. He likes it when they're coming into him and they positionally overcommit. Dude, Connor kind of overcommitted with that left, and you had Cerrone, you know, really slip off to the side. And just choose not to go there. That was risky from Connor, dude. He just bets on himself to win. Now against a guy like Nurmagomedov, you know that wouldn't be the smartest thing in the world. Uh, and although I suppose if Connor had won that way, you know, people would have lost their mind, right? People would have lost their mind, but they lost their mind with this one too. So you know, all's well that ends well. I suppose if you're a Connor McGregor fan. In any event, um, so incredibly dialed in, and this I think if you're a Connor McGregor fan. You should be really heartened by that, that he can stay calm during the week. He doesn't have to gear himself up. And honestly, as somebody who has been very, very tired of hearing like, is Connor in his head? Is Connor in his head? Is Connor in his head? Fight after fight, year after year. You're just like, oh my God, like, can we have a conversation about his fight skills? Okay, you only got 40 seconds of tape, not a whole lot, but now you can have a conversation about his fucking fight skills because he did get in Habib's head, but it backfired against Connor because it just elevated Habib. You know, it gave him a focus and a drive and a purpose that he, I don't think, had ever had before in terms of an opposition. Uh, and uh, they, there wasn't any of that this time. There wasn't any of that this time. It was just about what they had to do as fighters. That's it. He didn't go in there and talk shit. You know, he didn't go out there and go, come on. You know, it was none of that. He just went in there and fought him, and he got it done faster than anybody else had ever gotten it done against a guy. Yeah, a little bit longer in the tooth. Okay, fair, but still, pretty goddamn impressive. And he put himself in a position where the opponent, I'm not saying he would have taken him down, but those are the conditions under which Cerrone typically does that, right? Crashing opponent, not on the fence, in open space, and uh, it didn't matter. Pretty goddamn special. Pretty goddamn special uh, 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 win for him. Now, 
Um, what else can we say about this win? A lot of questions about where it might go. By the way, very quickly, if I may, um, you'll see this here, subscribe, and then you'll see this, donate in the super chat. For my live chat, you don't ever have to donate. If you do, I'll get to it. Here, if you want to get a question answered, you know, throw up 99 cents for all I care. But just put a little of a, drop a little bit in the uh, tip jar, and then we'll get to it at the end of this. So just as a bit of a reminder there. Um, okay, where we go from here? Uh, all right, a few things I would say. One is um, it creates some problems for MMA media, although I suppose not. There were... There was some debate about to what extent it was even at all relevant that he be asked about the two reports from the New York Times about sexual assault investigations. Not to say that those should go away, but you've asked him about it, uh, or at least the New York Times, or well, the Toronto Star reporter on behalf of the New York Times essentially did uh, at the um, at the uh, at the media, um, the press conference. Excuse me. So it's kind of done. I mean, unless there's a new report, I don't really. It's not really clear what else you could ask. Like, un unless new reports emerge or new evidence emerges or there's some kind of change in the status there, I don't, I don't really know what you're supposed to do about that. I mean, I guess I'll have a different opinion in six months to a year, depending on what happens. But right now, it's like, <laughs> you can't pretend it didn't happen, but you're just bringing it up all the time after you've already addressed it. It's not really clear what you go and say with, at that point. All right, so... So, on one hand, the Conor McGregor got that part sort of checked off, and for now, it does not appear to be a very relevant concern anymore. Um, although, I have to tell you, again, I did a media tour all day yesterday and all day today. I was on the phone constantly with radio stations across the country. Nobody asked. Nobody cared. And you might be one of those kinds of people that says, everyone should care. This is a travesty. I don't know what to tell you. You might be one of those people that says, good, no one should care. Congratulations. Nobody cares. I don't, you know, it all depends on your perspective. Anyway, but let's talk about opponents. Now, Dana White had said prior to this contest that if Connor won, he'd be entitled to a title shot at 155 against Nurmagomedov. Um, he still might do that, but I don't think that's what's next. And the reason why is the following. Connor's a smart man. He's a businessman. Um, he understands metrics, and it's also a function of timing. Now, he thinks he can fill in at UFC, what is it, 249, 250, whatever one, it's Habib and uh, Antonio. I think it's 249, um, the one in Brooklyn. I, I, will, I will apply for credentials for that in, uh, in April. Uh, today, this morning, I got on YouTube, and I, I always go and I always see what's trending. And I noticed that the weigh-ins yesterday, I think it was the ESPN video, the weigh-ins for Connor and Cowboy were trending pretty high. Now, it's very common after a fight for big fights to trend on YouTube, which is to say Connor will do some interviews uh, with the ESPN desk probably. He did the interview with Joe Rogan post-fight. One of those two tends to blow up after the fact and will end up trending on YouTube. Folks think YouTube trends are tailored individually. They are not. They are tailored geographically. They are tailored to your country. So in this country, um, that weigh-in video was trending pretty high. A little bit further down the line, again, we're talking pre-fight, Jorge Masvidal's scrum was trending. Understand what the significance of that is. Number one, it's pre-fight. It's not post-fight. Most of all was trends after, not before. 
Second of all, the fucker's not even fighting this weekend. He wasn't even on the card. UFC also put the guy when uh, the Holly Holm fight was over. Poor Megan O'Leary had to kill time. That must have not been easy. But she has to go and interview Dave Batista, which is fine. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy today. It's a great movie. Love it. Um, and also, I met him in personally when he was a guest at um, uh, MMA Uncensored Live. If you're asking, am I drinking real vodka and Mountain Dew? <laughs> yes. Um, so one, it was pre-fight. Two, the guy's not even on there. Three, Jorge Masvidal. Three, they put him on the broadcast, which was being watched by millions of people, asking him what he wants next. And so he sort of indicated that actually it's Kamar that he really wanted more, but with the money he's going to go get. Connor. First of all, like I hope that he ends up getting the fight if for no other reason than like he was on this quest to get a fight with Canelo, which I just absolutely hated everything about that. But I bring it all up for this point. If you had asked me two weeks ago what's the bigger fight, I would have said, well, it's debatable, hard to say, who really knows. Could be either, but I kind of feel like the Khabib one might be bigger. And the reason why I would say that is the first one is the biggest selling UFC pay-per-view, MMA pay-per-view ever, ever. There's never been an event in mixed martial arts in terms of pay-per-view. Now, you can talk about some of the old Pride and K-1 Heroes events back in the aughts and the numbers they would do, you know, 51 million on Japanese television and things like that. Maybe those were more watched, but in terms, and even that's debatable, but let's just, you know, it, they're different broadcast mechanisms, so it's, it's a little bit of an apples to oranges comparison. But in terms of just who was watching, uh, you know, I don't know. For pay-per-view sales, nothing touches UFC 229. It is far and away the greatest selling UFC pay-per-view, MMA pay-per-view ever. So I was like, well, shit, the, you know, the the ugly rematch surely has to be the, the biggest fight you could make. Is the one you're building off the biggest fight ever, really, in UFC history. And maybe that's true. It's really debatable. But first of all, Khabib has to go beat Tony, which I suspect that he... It, he should. I don't know that he will. Um, but it's a very winnable fight for him. Although Tony's a tough customer. You, you wouldn't want to count him out. So one, he has to beat Tony Ferguson, which, by the way, the guy hasn't lost since 2012. The other part is, even if he does, you know, Tony doesn't leave people like... You know, it was the same, it was the same comment I made when, when Frank Yeager wanted to go fight Korean Zombie. It's like, dude, even if you beat Korean Zombie, motherfuckers go to the hospital after they fight him. Like, Tony Ferguson's the same way, dude. Like, even, like, if Habib beats that dude, which he might, bro. Habib might give him the beating of his life. He, he, he ain't, he ain't going to be ready to make a fast turnaround. Connor's ready to make a fast turnaround. The dude won in 40 seconds. Did Donald Cerrone land a punch on the guy? Did Donald Cerrone land a single... You know what? Let's check. Did he land a single punch on this guy? Let's see. No. No, he didn't. Donald Cerrone didn't even land. According to Fight Metric, he threw one and missed. He didn't land a fucking glove on this guy. Nothing. Dude, that's like what Ryan Bader did to the uh, Bellator heavyweight division. Here's my point. Connor's fresh. Khabib still doesn't, doesn't even have a fight till April. You got to get through Tony Ferguson. Even if you win, you got to come out of there like, you know, hospital free. Good luck with that shit. Meanwhile, 
Jorge is he's out here hawking liquor, ready to go. He's got a big mouth, right? That's why we love him. I'm not hating. That's why we love him. He's got a big mouth. And it's at 170. And here's my point. You've got all this momentum kind of building behind him where his scrum for an event he's not even fighting at is already trending pre-fight because people want to see that. People didn't ask me on my radio tour. I must have did, I must have done 30 radio stations. They didn't ask me about Number Gamedo. I mean a couple of them here or there. They all asked about Number or uh, Masvidal. They all asked about him. He's fresh, Connor's fresh, Khabib doesn't fight till April and even then God knows when he's going to make a turnaround. Plus, you throw in, he's like, well, Connor has to win 10 times. And you could say whatever you want, like, you know, they'll make him do it. They might. I'm just saying it's another roadblock they have to get over. That's the fight to make. Not only are those two guys ready in Masvidal and McGregor, which, by the way, has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Or McGregor-Masvidal, whatever you want to call it. It's got a nice ring to it. But on top of that, I honestly think that might be the biggest fight they can make right now. I think just in terms of popularity and pomp and circumstance and everything in between, Jorge Masvidal fighting Conor McGregor. I mean, this is the, I mean, it's a promoter's dream and it's a no brainer. And here's the best part if you're Conor. First of all, if you win that shit, oh, forget it, dude. Forget it. He'll call himself the BMF, the champ, champ, champ. He'll be like, you know, well, I doubt he'll address Henry Cejudo, but he'll have some name about all the titles that he has. At that point, dude, here's the thing about this. <laughs> this is like a crazy scenario, but this is what you get with Conor McGregor, dude. He defies imagination in ways that most other fighters can't or won't or they're just not capable of doing it. Um, what was the what was the issue with Kamaru beating Colby? Depending on your perspective, nothing. But I mean it in the following way. If Colby had beaten Kamaru at UFC 244, it honestly would have been better for the division and the reason why is because let me go back to the rankings here if I may for uh welterweight here are your rankings at welterweight Kamar's your champ so he's unranked but at the time I think he was you know whatever oh no he was champion at the time obviously one is Woodley which he does not deserve to be there not because he's not a great champ but because he hasn't fought since losing to Kamaru it's just crazy that he's number one people don't know how to do rankings but okay one is Woodley okay two is oh, Colby's whatever then there's Jorge at three, Edwards at four, Dos Anjos at five. If you're Colby Covington, you haven't fought Woodley. You haven't fought Jorge. You haven't fought Leon. You did beat Dos Anjos. Three fresh, ma- fresh matchups. If you're Kamaru, you've beaten Tyron. You've beaten Colby. You have not fought Jorge. Uh, you've beaten Leon. You've beaten Dos Anjos. After that, it's Demi and Maya, who he's already beaten too. So now you're talking about top seven. Forget it. The only fresh matchup for Kamaru is Jorge Masvidal. Dude, if Connor goes in there and beats Jorge Masvidal at 170, it's your number one contender. <laughs> I mean, you can say he doesn't have enough wins to merit a title shot over guys like Leon Edwards and what he's doing, because Leon, by the way, is going to be fighting uh, Tyron Woodley. Ask yourself a fucking question. Whatever you want to say about the resume of Edwards if he ends up beating Woodley. And by the way, Woodley's got a fight of his life on his hands with, with Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards, people don't know him. Old boy can fight. Okay? He's very talented. Super talented. Uh, you mean to tell me UFC is going to give Leon Edwards the nod over Conor fucking McGregor? 
Come on, y'all. Don't be naive. Dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Now, I'll be honest. I don't like Connor's chances against Kamaru even a little bit. I think Kamaru does evil things to him. But so fucking what? You know? Uh, first of all, just because I feel that way doesn't make it true. Second of all, he could catch a punch and God only knows what could happen. Uh, a lot, lot of different things. You know, could get into his head and play mind games. Although if Colby couldn't, not to say that Colby's equivalent to Connor, but that Colby said, you know, really awful things about his father being in the penitentiary and stuff like that. And, you know, who knows? But anyway, uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're talking about here. And then, even if you lose, if you're Connor McGregor to Jorge, so what? You just go back to 155. Who knows what will happen by then, you know? Maybe Tony wins and Khabib retires or Khabib's still the champ and then they just make it happen because, you know, whatever. Or they make a Tony versus Khabib number one contender fight or Tony versus um, Connor number one contender fight or, you know. I, they said he was calling out Paul Felder. Why the fuck would he call out Paul Felder? Did Paul Felder say something that I don't know about? I, I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. Felder's got his hands full with Hooker anyway, so we'll just see about that. But um, but then you got Justin Gaethje sitting down there. I mean, the, the world is his oyster. He needed this win more than any other win this year. Even if he had lost this one, you know, and he wanted to continue the season that he has talked about, right, the 2020 season, um, uh, I, he still would have had big fights. There were people who were so wrong about him beforehand, and it was a lesson that I actually had to learn because I was wrong about it years ago. Which was, I thought, you know, when Kimbo Slice eventually loses on CBS or Showtime or whatever, um, the bubble's going to pop. That there was a bubble around this guy. And then once it pops, that you, you can't put the toothpaste, toothpaste excuse me, back in the tube. And that is just not correct. And that was not correct then, and, and I was wrong. Um, the lesson there is that actually what happens is, yes, you know, losing in, in very consequential bouts, whether you're Kimbo Slice, who, you know, was more of a sort of a novelty attraction relative to Connor, who's trying to beat, you know, the world's best fighters. Um, but the lesson was the same. The lesson was, you know, passions for these guys die hard. I mean, BJ Penn is one of the greatest fighters that has ever lived, but it took a decade, a literal decade of losing and not just the losing, the losing and then getting into these like ugly drunken brawls where dudes on the street were knocking them out outside the lava shack in Hawaii before the UFC cut ties with them. You know, and his promotional ability had long been eroded since then. But I'm just meaning for like, you know, there was a, it was a business decision that Dana White had made about BJ Penn, but it was also one that was a function of his own fandom. Like he was a fan of BJ Penn, a friend of him, but a, and, and a promoter, but, uh, you know, a fan. Like, fuck, man. Like, we have to let BJ go and leave the Ultimate Fighting Championship? Yeah, dude, you had to. You had to. You had no choice at that point. Anyway, so if Connor had lost, I think that it would have had a bad effect. Again, there was no reason he should have lost this one. Unless he had... The only way he would have really conceivably lost was if he had truly fallen off. Like, if he was really past it. Uh, which you can... Again, we don't know exactly how much he's back, but for the 40 seconds that we did, tremendous. Tremendous he looked. Um, uh, if he had lost, it would have hurt him. But he still would have been a big fight for just about anybody else he could have named. Khabib, Tony, Justin, Kamaru, Jorge, Colby, whoever. A any of those would have been big. Any of them. So, um, 
people were like, oh, he, he loses this, he's done. Word, he's done. But, but, getting on the right foot with this one, as you can now see, creates a lot of opportunity for him. A lot of opportunity for him. And I have to say, look, man, I'll just sort of put my cards on the table here. Thought he was going to win this contest. From here on out, I don't really know because the Cerrone fight was so strategically advantageous to him that, again, the only reason why he should have lost is if he had fallen off. And by the way, shouts to Dana White. Everyone's like, everyone's disrespecting Donald. Really? Were we? The dude, again, Donald has given everything on, on, the, on the glory, excuse me, on the altar of athletic glory. His sacrifice on the altar of athletic glory is, is inconceivable. Okay, I can't I I just I don't have a cowboy hat to take off to Donald. You can't say enough good things about him as a competitor. But anybody and everybody could look at this and be like, dude, this is a bad matchup for him. The guy lost faster than he's ever lost, Dana. That's why everyone was down on his chances, because you cynically booked him in a fight he shouldn't have ever not ever been in. But it was an uphill it was an uphill push for him. Okay, Um, so that's why it was the way that it was. I lost my fucking train of thought. God damn it. I'm going to have another sip of this rail vodka and Mountain Dew because I'm a man clearly of taste and profound sophistication. Mm, that is good. Um, well, welcome back, Conor McGregor. Hmm? Welcome back to that guy. What a hell of a win that was for him tonight. Setting records in terms of how you beat Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Pretty goddamn impressive. Um, here goes nothing. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Let me say this. I've never been a guy who enjoyed Connor's personality. Actually, you know what's funny? I actually love the shit out of it this week, you know? Uh, again, the comments from his coach about what the camp is, who the fuck knows what it means. So it's just something, it's something to pay attention to going forward. We'll see what happens if he fights Kamaru and then Kamaru tests his cardio. That's what you're really going to know, but... For now, not really all that relevant. Um, I'll say this, man. I don't know what the truth is about the sexual assault stuff. Not, people are like, oh, it's flimsy. Motherfucker, how do you know it's flimsy? Have you, have you, do you have access to the evidence that the police have? Have you exhaustively reviewed the evidence? And you might be saying, well, did you? Me? No, I haven't either. I don't, I don't know what the fuck it is. It could be flimsy. It could also be like, Real serious, and they're putting together a real case because they know once they bring it, they don't want to lose it. I, I don't, I don't know what the scenario is. I, I really have no clue. But I'll say this: putting that as an asterisk up here. Dude had a couple of choices, man. Had a couple of choices. He could have gone down the path that he was going going down, which is gonna keep doing things that end up with me punching an old fucking guy in the head. Going to keep doing things that uh, are more centered. There's nothing wrong with it, but just more centered on the whiskey business and everything else. Just sort of going to keep living this sort of style of a life. And even if he had stayed out of trouble doing that, which, by the way, he had trouble doing, uh, that wouldn't be the best for prize fighting, right? Um, again, this was one night. It was one round. There's a lot of fighting left to go. But you got to commend the guy. You got to commend the guy for making a choice to get back out there, and he didn't do it the same way, you know? 
Tiger Woods sometimes will change things up by just reinventing his swing. He'd get a new golf coach, and they would just redo his swing. And he'd lose in between the old swing and then the reinvention of the new swing. But then he'd get this new swing, um, and he'd go out there and start killing people again. And then, you know, he fucked a million porn stars and all the text messages got out. <laughs> Different problem, but you get the idea. Like, sometimes it takes a little bit of reinvention. Sometimes it takes a little bit of recommitment. And for what we have seen, and I want to manage everyone's expectations, there's a lot of different challenges left to go. Jorge Masvidal is a very different challenge than Donald Cowboy Cerrone. But with that being said, uh, making the choices that he did to fight the way he did so he could look the way he did tonight, it's commendable. It's very, very commendable. As a competitor, it was probably very easy to not do any of this stuff. Because uh, you could you could say, well, yes, if you're a competitor, wouldn't you want to get back out there? Well, yeah, but at the same time, look at what you already did. I mean, you did everything you said you were going to do. How do you do all of that again? And part of what this fight was about was, are we going to rediscover a new ceiling for him? Or are we about to discover what the floor is on Conor McGregor's fighting ability, right? Where, where, where is that in this whole scenario? Are we at here or are we down here? And uh, the answer is for tonight, we're certainly not discovering what the floor is. I don't know if he'll show us, excuse me, I don't know if he'll show us the new ceiling. He'd have to beat, he'd have to beat more than just Jorge, although that would be impressive. Um, he'd, have to, he'd have to go beat Khabib. Uh, he'd have to beat Kamaru. He'd have to do what the stated goals were, right? He stated them outright. I want it 155, 170 in a boxing world title. You got to go do one of the three, if not two of the three. One of the three is fine, I would suspect. Uh, and you got to do it. You can't just beat Tony to get the title. You got to go beat Nurmagomedov to do it. Um, so, uh, but but to, to, to recommit yourself and then to go and look the way that he did, got to take your hat off to him. And I, and I do. Very, 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 very impressive work from him. Uh, let me go through some of these other results here very quickly, and then we'll circle back to your questions. Let's see what you guys got going on. Some of these other fights, man, I'm even hesitate to bring them up because these other fights were not that awesome. These other fights were pretty, pretty fucking nubs, <laughs> actually. Actually, most of these fights were fucking terrible. So, um, not terrible, but like, you know, not especially interesting. How about that? All right, let's see. Oof, there's a lot of questions. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let us get to some of these results, okay? All right, pull this up. Uh, I'll come back to the Connor fight. Just hang tight. Let me just get through the rest of these results very quickly. Holly Holm defeats Raquel Pennington. 30-27, 29-28, 30-27. If you go and look at Holly Holm's losses, Misha, Durandamy, excuse me, Duran Durandamy, Cyborg, Amanda Nunes, Shevchenko. She's only ever lost to UFC champions. Right? She'd never she's never lost to anyone who's never held a belt. Uh, if you had lost to Raquel Pennington tonight, that would have been new territory. Now it wasn't very pretty, but she maintains at least that status. This is her first win in this division since beating Betch Cohea, and um, that's important. I'll say this about Raquel Pennington. Obviously, she had issues outside the octagon with this terrible injury, but I would say since the Amanda Nunes fight, she just couldn't get right. She didn't want to come out for the fifth round. Her coaches cajoled her into doing it, which I thought was totally reprehensible. 
but they went ahead and did it anyway. Uh, I stand by the words reprehensible, by the way. I know her, she came out later and was like, no, I trust them. Um, I, there's many reasons to trust them, but that was a pretty critical error in my judgment. Anyway, she goes in there and gets her nose broken. After that, that was 2018, she came back in November. She had nothing for Duran to me. She did beat um, Aldana barely via split, and then she came out here and looked kind of lifeless against Holly Holm. Now, Holly Holm you know, is a sm smart, savvy person, but I don't ever think since that fourth round or after the fourth round, Raquel Pennington's just not been the same. She's just not been the same. So um, shouts to everyone who thought that was a great idea to send her back out there in that fifth round. Uh, how about this old bastard, right? This old billy goat. Alexi Olenek defeating Maurice Green. 438 in the second round via armbar. I don't, know, I, I don't know how much to say about it other than I don't even know if this analogy even works. But Alexi Olenek kind of reminds me. He's like the Millennium Falcon, man. He's like this old war horse who can just still kind of get it done, you know? Um, not the prettiest, not the best, but when you know, when you need it there to, in a pinch, you know, I don't know if he could still make the Kessel run in 12 parsecs, but God damn it, if he doesn't have some nice scarf holds and um, uh, let's see, he tried scarf hold. I think he even tried, was it a, a key lock? I'm not sure, the Ezekiel a couple times. And then he eventually finished with the arm bar. You know it's a bit of a problem on the arm bar when you go belly down like that. I've talked about it before. You have to scissor the back of the head. So Ronda Rousey was very good at this. So one uh, leg goes across the body, and then one goes behind the head. And then this one pushes, and then this one pushes. And then you wrote, that, that's how you actually roll them over. And so that way you end up on your rear end, them on their back, and then you can use that. And it also enables you to keep your heels pinched to your rear end when you got whenever you guys watch an arm bar i'm not saying it won't work if this doesn't happen but typically ideal conditions for an arm bar is that the hips can extend but you want to keep the heels close to the butt as possible and then the knees pinched right so the knees pinched together and then the the ankles to the to the butt and the reason why is because that keeps everything tight and locked um and he's his his feet were getting away from his his rear end but he still managed to get it done so Shouts to him. Uh, MMA beat panelist Brian Kelleher getting it done against Ode Osborne at 249 of the first round. Wins via guillotine choke. Shouts to Brian Kelleher. Dude's been off for a while. I know looking for fights. His last fight before this was in 2018. He hasn't fought since December of 2018. So a long time coming for old boom. But shouts to him for getting back out there. Really, really happy about how the way he looked. How about this one? Carlos Diego Fajardo winning. At uh, 146 of the second round against Anthony Pettis via neck crank, sort of like a, um, I'll be looking for the Gracie breakdown on that one because to me the neck crank is not quite clear. I want to see. I'm gonna have to go back and watch, but Pettis is hard to control from the back, and you notice that he was taking Pettis to the side where he had the underhook underneath from the back, so he'd be a little bit harder to escape to get his shoulders to the mat, right? But, um. Uh, still, Pettis was able to reverse, but then what he would do is he would take the back, but then he would roll Pettis belly down rather than going to the back facing the sky, and that made a bit of a big difference. And then in transition, firing the gable grip, and then um, he, I think he was looking for the bicep grip and then lost and then kept it, and then he, um, who did, else did this? Go back and look. He gets the gable grip. So you guys don't know what a gable grip is? It's uh, put your hands together like this. Rotate him 90 degrees, 
wrap one hand over your the blade of your palm and then wrap another hand over the top sort of your like your thumb right so uh the idea there would be that you don't use you, actually people think this people think this is a strong grip but it's actually that's the strong grip so you've got two of those locked together it's a very strong grip um he actually gets it underneath the arm and then hides it behind him so you actually can't hand fight that way a real sneaky little trick from uh, carlos de Fajera. And then there's a real question about what this means for Pettis' career. You know, like, what does he really have left? What kind of a guy is he now? Um, it's a fair question. I would just say this. Fajeda only had two losses before this fight in his whole career. One to Benil Dariush in 2015, a decision. And then he got knocked out by uh, Poirier in 2015. That's it. Now, he did not have a signature win, but it wasn't like he was out there losing to chumps. And he's also with Saif Saoud out of Fortis MMA. And those guys are just tearing the world up. Um it's surprising in that he's sort of a bit of a dark horse, but at the same time, not exactly. You go to the preliminary card. Uh, Roxanne Modafferi defeating Macy Barber. She was a minus 850 favorite or something. 230-27s, 130-26. Now, the asterisk here is that Barber was, uh, her leg was all messed up. She could not stand. She couldn't really fight back. And I don't really know what to say about this one because if you're injured and it's playing mind games with you, are you doing things you're not supposed to be doing because you're lost focus? Here's what I mean. Just pay attention to something. You can have an overhook on one side in MMA grappling. Um, sometimes if your immediate response is just a hug, a bear hug, and you're underneath, right? And you're underneath. It's okay. But as a general rule, always pay attention to something. If you're underneath and your elbows are to the outside of your opponent and you're underneath in jiu-jitsu, it's not effective form of control. You got to dig an underhook. So now their arm is outside your elbow as you have uh, access to their ribs or you have just the one underhook and now you can sit to an elbow, a hand, a hip, and you can use a butterfly hook, push them off, technical sit out, and then stand. Right? You got to get that inside control. You got to get inside control when they want to cross face you on the bicep. You got to get inside control uh, on that, you have to get your blade of your arm against their hips. So if you want to go for a hip escape, there's just a lot of you got to get inside on them. And there's just time after time after time after time where she'd be like wrapping the head, Barbara would be, or she'd be out here. And the thing is, I don't know how to criticize that because. Sorry about that. Uh, make sure the audio is okay. Uh, check, check, yeah. Uh, I don't know what that means. Does that mean that she just lost focus and that's what she was doing? If so, what are you going to say? You know, she's young. Who cares? If that's like what she thought was the proper defense no matter what, that's a problem, man. It's a super big problem. You can't like you're not, you can't stand up that way. You can't do anything effective that way. If your elbows are all the way to the outside of your opponent, it's not effective. You got to be inside, dude. You got to be inside. And uh yeah, it wasn't great, but, you know, Roxanne Modafferi, my wife rolled with Mox, Roxanne Modafferi years ago. Uh, my wife is uh, pretty good, pretty good, and she came back and told me, she was like, dude, Roxanne's good. She's really good. And I was like, I believe it, bro, and you saw it. She doesn't, she's not, she's a technical passer. She waits, she distributes her weight, quite literally, and then she waits for just the right opportunity and then slides into position without much resistance. Now, she's not got a strong base, so she gets rolled and bucked a lot, but still. Um, Sadiq Youssef defeating Andre Feely. Tough, tough fight. He wins the unanimous decision, 229, well, actually 329-28s um, across the board. Really tough fight. 
you know, the, the challenge for Yusef is he kind of fades over the course of a fight, and that's not great. Uh, and then early, even when he's on, he's a little bit defensively irresponsible, but great athlete, great power, great top control. Um, obviously, there's some controversy about Lloyd Irvin, but he's well-coached. Sorry he is. He's well-coached. Um, he's a top prospect. That was his biggest win. And Feely, in his last five fights, had just the one Michael Johnson split-decision loss. He had just beaten Shaman Marais, was a very good fighter. He looked like his game was finally coming together. And he had some good adjustments. But uh, Sadiq Yusuf is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Askar Askarov defeating Tim Elliott. 29-28, 30-27s across the board. Drew Dober defeating Nasrat Hakparas, splitting his timing with that left hand at 110 of the first round, TKO. And then Alexa Kamer defeating Justin Ledet. 230-27s, 129. Uh, Justin Ledet sort of being patient, but not patient enough. And then Sabina Mazo defeating J.J. Aldridge. I had it for J.J. Aldridge, but we're going to do a split decision the other way around. Um, okay, let me make sure that everything is running smooth. On the old broadcast feed. Yes, it is. Okay. All right. With that in mind, let's get back to the uh, McGregor stuff. Let's get back to your questions. Let's get back to uh, what you guys have to say. Um, okay. What do you guys have as questions? Let's get to it. If you guys want to, you can. Oops, let me put this on main. Sorry. Uh, you can... I was get it wrong. Donate in the super chat. I will get to your questions now. Okay. With that in mind, let's do it. Uh, all right. This dude says, apart from the return of Connor, this card is like my father's view of where my life is headed. Disappointing. <laughs> Sorry to hear it. Uh, someone says, thanks for the great content. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Next. When do you think Conor versus Masvidal for the BMF belt will happen? Well, just because he fights Masvidal does not mean it's for the BMF belt. Also, is there any other fight you would want to see? Yeah, we've been over that one. Um, when would it happen? So we're in January, right? Um, they could do it May. There's nothing on the May calendar. They could just add it to, you know, the 249 card. They could add to the, well, I doubt they want to do that, but they could add to the 248 card. There's a lot of ways that could go very, very easily. Um, any chance you and Brian Campbell do a live event for fans for the Brooklyn card in April? Um, sure. I'll talk to him if he's up for it. I wouldn't be opposed. If you were the UFC matchmaker, who would you put McGregor against next? Obviously it would depend on what he wants. I, I'm pushing for the Masvidal 170. That's where I'm pushing, pushing for Masvidal, pushing for 170, pushing before summer, really make sure you get that one in summer. Uh, before summer hits early. So May, perfect, right? Because it's starting to warm up at that point. You can do it there. That way, whatever happens there, you can take the summer off and then you can come back in the fall. You want those three fights in the season. Perfect timing, right? Um, is Klokov sexy? Yeah, he's got those bow legs. Um, Favorite craft beer. Anything local here. Uh, Raised by Wolves is one of my favorites we'll hear about the uh, right proper brewery. But anything that Bells makes. Bells Two-Hearted Ale is really good. Uh, Connor is making a professional comeback story like myself. Being wrongfully accused. <laughs> this dude poses Harvey Weinstein. Bro, that trial's about to get going. It's going to be ugly for that motherfucker. All right. Um, 
Someone says, you called Chantilly Drab Tilly on the last episode of the MMA Hour. Because there's not that much to do there. Dude, Chantilly's a nice place. Like, the homes are nice. But there ain't fuck all to do there. Uh, can't find local MMA fights to go to in D.C. Yes, you can. There's the Cowboy Fight Series. Like, literally, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. It's his fight series. That is in D.C. And then uh, Cagezilla. They have events all the time. Check those out. Uh, Ian says, true or false, Disney is not done. What are the fuck are these questions? Disney is not, not done with the Skywalker saga. True. And will either release episode 10 or some prequel other storyline before 2026. True. Thanks for all the content. Love Morning Combat. Thank you, guys. All right. Opinion on Connor overreaching with the left. Yeah, dude. He put himself in peril. He put himself in peril. And I did not think he would do that. You know, come out storming. Yes. Uh, get in someone's face. Absolutely. Um, throw first. Yes. Uh, all those things. But um, not that. That surprised me. That, su- that really surprised me. But you know what? Didn't matter in the end. Again, and then here's the other part. You're like, oh, if he did that against Khabib, he'd get taken down. Well, I don't think he would do that against Khabib. So, I mean, I suppose he might, but seems unlikely. Again, I don't know what the fuck is up with these Disney questions. True or false, Rogue One is the best Disney Star Wars. False. This dude like, loves Brian Campbell. I do too. Someone says, Cerrone should be ashamed. Why? Why should he be ashamed? He's 36 years old, 35 years old. How old is Donald? He's 36. He'll be 37 in March. He has fought, let's see, 51 times just in MMA. He's got another 30 in kickboxing. He's got one boxing loss as well. So he's, got, he's barreling down on 100 fights. Um, in any weight cl- in the two toughest weight classes, he has fought the very best of his generation every single time. Listen to this. This is just since 2010. So just since 2010. Ready? Here's who Donald Cerrone has fought. And I'm not going to skip any names. Just since 2010, Benson Henderson, Jamie Varner, Chris Horodesky, Paul Kelly, Wagner Hocha, world champion black belt, uh, Charles Oliveira, Dennis Seaver, Nate Diaz, Jeremy Stevens, Melvin Gillard when he was very good, Anthony Pettis, KJ Nunes, Rafael Dos Anjos, Evan Dunham, Adriano Martins, Edson Barboza, Jim Miller, Eddie Alvarez, Miles Jury, Benson Henderson, John McDessie, Rafael Dos Anjos, Alex Oliveira, Patrick Cote, Rick Story, Matt Brown, Jorge Masvidal, Robbie Lawler, Darren Till, Yancey Medeiros, Leon Edwards, Mike Perry, Alexander Hernandez, Al Iaquinta, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, and Conor McGregor. Dude, ain't a chump in there. Ain't a gimme fight in there. What does he have to be ashamed of? Why? Because someone better than him got the best of him tonight? So fucking what? A proper tip for a proper legend. Thank you, Chris. This is not proper 12. And everyone's like, oh, don't you bag on proper 12. Well, yeah, dude, because it's like, it's not great. It's it's not it's not great whiskey. It's like, it's, it's party whiskey, right? Which, clearly, I'm not above. But if you're like raiding whiskeys, like, for example, y'all want to see a good rum? Uh... That is a good rum. This is the uh, Ron Zacapa Centenario. 
Like this is an excellent rum. But you notice I don't drink it on nights like this. This is this is not party rum. This is um that's big time rum. Like the like you know, celebration rum when I sign a new deal with Showtime rum. That's what like, that's what kind of rum that is. All right. Uh, Nate, Justin, Khabib, Tony, or Jorge, who's next? Again, I think Jorge should should and will be next. All right, this is a great question. Rogan looked out of touch when he suggested that I that it might have been McMahon that did the strut first when everyone knows that's where Connor got it and it was acknowledged in the promo. I don't uh I don't even care about that. You know what really that bothered me, but like you know where I really just disagree? Um hold on. There we go. You know what um I really just disagree with him when he's like, oh, I don't believe there should be any clinch breaks. I don't believe there should be any stand-ups. Dude, that is like a remarkably shitty idea. That's like a really bad idea. Dude, think about any boxing match you have ever seen. Imagine if someone espoused that. Think about any jiu-jitsu match where people complain and bitch about stalling because they actually don't have stand-ups there. Think about any amateur wrestling contest that didn't restart the action it's not that you want a referee constantly interfering and fucking up the fight. Who wants that? Nobody. But it turns out that like if you base your idea on what a fight should be about like there's a purity and no one should touch it, well, what purity? There's no such thing as a true fight. Is it a true fight in the street or is it in the boxing ring? Is there gloves? Are there no gloves? Are there weapons? Are there not weapons? Do you stop it on these conditions or those conditions? There's no such thing as a true fight. There's fighting under many different conditions. And if you're doing it for prizes and you're doing it for entertainment value, you need somebody there. Granted, it's possible they can fuck this up, but you need somebody there to facilitate the action. And that might confer advantages in one direction or the other at times. So what? You, you, you need this engine of development Otherwise, it just grinds to a halt for a phony sense of preserving purity that's not even really there. It's a terrible, terrible argument. And I really was shocked. He, like, goes to the mat for it. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, you know, Rogan's obviously knows a lot about martial arts. I would never say otherwise. He's enormously successful. Who could even challenge it? In general, I agree with a lot of things he has to say. On on that one, I was like, dude, what are you talking... I mean, it's, it's, it's not even like a debate. It's like a terrible idea. Someone says, Connor haters, you're all casuals. Get a life. There you go. Uh, Luke, someone says, do me a favor. Google the point being plus grammar. That is all that I ask. All right, I'll do that for you. Um, this sport is on the rise and didn't need any help. And Connor just shot it in the heart with a syringe of meth size, uh, meth the size of my arm. This year is going to be wild. If he can keep winning, it's going to be wicked. Someone says, thank you for the show, Luke. I uh, appreciate it. Enjoy your vids. Thank you, sir. How does this pay-per-view card rank for you in terms of entertainment value? Low. I mean, the Connor fight was fine, but it was 40 seconds. And the rest of the card was like, it was like a fight night card. It was like a fight night card. It wasn't like it was exactly bad, but you're like, I'm paying 65 bucks for this. Like, Connor better deliver. And I suppose, depending on your perspective, he did. But, um, like, it ranks very low. Do you think Macy Barber's corner should have thrown in the towel? She had an obvious knee injury and was losing on the scorecards. It seems reckless to let a young fighter risk such an injury. Great question. 
That's a really great question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have to think about that more. I have to go back and see. Because if it was on the gr- if she was standing and then falling down multiple times, hundred percent yes. If it's on the ground and she's on her back, and she's not taking abuse per se, it's a little dicey. Plus, in that third round, didn't she get on top for a little while? So, um, I'll say no. But there, I would have had it clutched. You know. Um, do you think the production team dropped the ball cutting to Usman when Connor was clearly talking about Jorge in the house coat? Oh, is that what he said? I couldn't understand him. Uh, yeah, a little bit, but they also, no, but okay, maybe, but they showed him pre-fight. So whoever, it doesn't matter. Um, are you okay with Romero getting the next title shot? I have a video coming out about that on Monday. The answer is Yes but I'm not okay with Aldo getting the title shot against uh, Cejudo, and they're not the same. Will we ever see Luke Thomas as pissed again? No. Did the Instagram post where Connor said first one to shoot is a cow bitch affect Cowboy? No. BMF strap aside, how does Connor fare against Jorge? Great question. Well... I'll say this. I actually think it ends up being more competitive than people think. Um, I think Connor probably wins that a little bit early. Remember, Darren Till dropped uh, Masvidal clean. He dropped him clean. It was just over time Masvidal kind of took over. I tend to think that I would favor Masvidal to win because he's got more ways to win. And you could say, well, I couldn't say that about Cowboy. But this is the point I made about the Cowboy fight. It was like, dude, you could go about Eddie Alvarez and Jose Aldo are more well-rounded than Connor. Uh, not that Connor's not well-rounded, but he's not as well-rounded as those guys are. But it just doesn't matter because he's able to like define the fight on his terms in such a narrow way that you know he just ends up beating the fuck out of these guys. Um, so what I would say is I would favor Jorge to win because he's never been – well, he's been finished with strikes once 12 years ago well outside the UFC, very early in his career. And then since then, no. And he's fought very heavy-handed fighters. Uh, I would say if it's a five-round main event and Jorge can drag it late, Connor's going to be in trouble. So that's really where the problem is because Jorge's got a good chin. He's super well-rounded. He can box his ass off. He's got this new, very vicious streak. He doesn't fade. It's a hard fight for Connor. But if Connor cannot fade too badly and then win the rounds early, which I think he can also do, that would make it interesting. That would make it interesting. But the five-round part really hurts Connor. How is Adelaide Bird still judging UFC events? Dude, Adelaide Bird, <laughs> who's like super shitty at her job, super shitty, is out there judging fights, and you had Steve Mazzagatti. Did you guys see him in the, the Foot Locker, you know, gear with the you know the stripes on? I think he was being the um, – I think he was a ringside – I think he was a um, timekeeper. I think it was like a timekeeper. And, uh, dude, Nevada Commission just doesn't give a fuck, man. They don't give a fuck. That's how. Cowboys' last three fights have been terrible. Poor performances against Tony. Got him. Justin. Bad fight against Justin. Got him. Connor. How much longer can the UFC promote him in the big fights? Um, Pettis got finished with a submission. Didn't take a ton of abuse. Cowboys taking a lot of abuse. That's the issue there. 
there's no eminent concern, but uh, clearly he is entering the chapter of the twilight of his career. If Connor versus Nurmagomedov in the rematch gets booked, do you think Connor pulls back on the vitriolic trash talk or picks up where he lefts off? Something in between what you saw this week and then what you saw when he fought at UFC 229. He won't go that crazy, but he would definitely ratchet it up from what we saw. That I believe. Can you get this turd Stephen A. Smith away from MMA? Nope, that's what ES- ESPN sucks for MMA. I mean, there's a couple guys there I like, you know, but uh, well, there's more than a couple. There's a few guys I like over there. Let me let me amend that statement, but they're homers for the UFC, uh, and they put fucking Stephen A. Smith on things. Like, you know, what are you going to do? What about Connor's use of the shoulder strikes? I've never seen them used so effectively. I've seen them used uh, up against the fence. But you know what? Connor was smart to do it in the middle of the cage, especially with the level change, as he discussed. Because if you do it against someone against the fence and they're leaning, you know, th- yes, they're stationary, so you can drive into them. But it's a little bit harder because they're kind of already leaning back, you know, rather than you had Cerrone kind of leaning forward and then you're driving up into him. Clever, dude. Clever. Very clever. Morning Combat is the best show out there. Um, how much leeway does Showtime give you guys on topic choice and discussion? Who has final say? Uh, I'm the producer, I'm the host, and I have the intellectual property in contract in writing. So I have, well, yeah, I have final say. I have, I, I get to say I would have 99% say. Uh, I mean, I'm collaborative with Brian because I think he has very good ideas, but like, where does the buck stop? Um, you know, if Showtime doesn't want to air it, they're not going to, but basically with me. Um, what do you think of Stephen A. Smith waffling on ESPN post-fight? He should not be on there. That's the ESPN product, folks. Who's the best fighter Cerrone has beaten? Henderson? Yes, that's one. I'd say Iaquinta was a good one. Connor was like, oh, Cerrone's better at 170. I don't really agree. He did have the wins over Brown and um, Cote there, and Cote was on a hot streak when, when Cerrone beat him. But I think his best wins are at 155, to be honest with you. Holly's fight we've been over, though I appreciate the donation from Dalton S. What is this question? Jesus, there's a lot of these questions. Let me see if I can rifle through some of these very quickly. How sad were you when IG-11 died? Oh, the droid? Not very. How would you see Woodley versus McGregor going down? Um... Well, both those guys don't have great cardio, but I think if Woodley decided not to exchange and just take him down. Now, Woodley backs up a lot, but if he decided to like run him down on a double and he could hold him down, it would be bad for McGregor. If McGregor can keep it up, he might be able to TKO him. You never know. Um, shouts to Upstream BJJ. I see you, player. Brian Decker, same to you. Pettis versus McGregor. Cerrone versus Fajeda would have been more competitive. Pettis less likely to get KO, TKO, and Cerrone likely to get choked. Pettis versus McGregor, Cerrone versus Fajeda. Um, yeah, maybe in retrospect. Maybe in retrospect that's true, but the fights are what the fights are. Luke, take five sips from that cup if there's actual vodka in it. All right, let's try. I might fuck me up here, but I'll try. One. Two. Jesus. Ugh. Three, 
for viewers dropping like flies, by the way. Five. There you go. Gross. All right. Um, so this is what part of Colombia is your wife from? Bogota. What do you see next for Connor? We've been over that, though I appreciate the donation from Zach. True or false? Jorge Masvidal destroys Connor McGregor. Destroys? I don't know. He could. I don't know that that's the inevitability of things. I'll say he beats him. Wiley Zhang beats Yoani and Jacek by decision. That one I can't get a beat on, man. I'll, I'll say false. I don't really know. And Habib versus Tony gets canceled again. I'll say false just out of like, you know, um, good thoughts. Hi from Greece. Thank you, Nikolas. Um, how would Volkanovski go against Connor? Boy, that is a tough one because his movement and his defense is so good, but he's so much smaller. Um, the thing about Volkanovski is he's really, really defensively sound, and he's got killer cardio, and I think he's got a good chin. Mendez slugged him once, but you know he rebounded and stopped him with strikes. So I have to think more about that. Maybe a hell of a fight, a hell of a fight. Um, but any guy who's got good defense and good cardio, you know, that's going to be tough for Connor. Uh, please elaborate on your opinion of Ben Shapiro. All right, I will do that, but not today. I promise, Zach, I will do that. Speaking of frauds. Next for Cowboy. Good question. Um, well, he could get the winner of Hooker versus um, Felder, although I think that person probably has a different trajectory. He could get the winner of Lee versus Oliveira. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, I hope it's some time off. The guy fought uh, one, two, three, four times in 2019 then already in 2020. So I would like to see him get some rest. He's taken an, an ass load of abuse. Someone says, when production fades, the promo audio into the crowd microphones is almost as good as the moment after glove touch. Maybe. With Yoel getting a title shot off of two losses and probably Aldo as well, does that set a horrible precedent? The Yoel one, less so. The Aldo one is terrible. Really, 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 really bad. Really bad. Um, how many buys did this do? How much do you think Connor? How much did Connor make you think? I know he said eighty million, and some of his defenders don't want to believe this. Y'all know that UFC is being sued, right? They had to turn in. Every document for every receipt on every form of payment. If you were in Ireland and New Zealand and you bought an overseas pay-per-view, however the fuck, any, not just America, any place where they sell pay-per-view, any discretionary bonus, any locker room bonus, any contracted revenue, anything from sponsors, anything, anything they had to turn in because they're being sued, among a number of other reasons, for not paying people enough, Okay. The most that any fighter made from 2010 to 2017 for a single fight on all receipts for everything is $8 million. For two fights, it's believed, based on what the numbers show, that Connor made $15 million, which is a shitload of money. And I would argue he's like dramatically underpaid, okay? Super underpaid. And you could say, oh, the Forbes list did this. The Forbes list is bullshit. 
and very improperly sourced. And it was made long before this information was released. Now, you could say uh, he made a bunch of money from Mayweather McGregor, which is true. Um, you could say that the new ESPN deal, he might have a new revenue deal to explain things. Okay, but it would have to do 2 million buys domestically, and he would have to be entitled to two-thirds of all proceeds just to get uh, the extra $77 million beyond the three that he got contractually, which is to say $80 million is impossible. So folks are like, what about 20 to $30 million? And the rest came from sponsors. Dude, what sponsors? Um, in a year, uh, his liquor company can sell around 40 to 50 million. So in, in gross revenue, not profit, gross revenue. So if he liquidated his company and took all of that money and then somehow got 20, 30, 40 million, he could then get to 80, but it's basically impossible. So what I would say is he's probably getting more than eight. Let's be generous and say 10. By the way, the biggest rev share we've ever seen with any fighter from 2010 to 2012 on any pay-per-view ever um, was uh, around 30%. That's the most they ever got from what the revenue, from what the pay-per-view generated. So I would say somewhere for one fight, somewhere between 10 to 15, if you're feeling really generous, somewhere 15 to 20, which by the way, he, if he does that, he would be far and away more than Brock far and away more than Ronda, far and away more than anybody. But the idea he's making 80, I mean, maybe if the year keeps going great and he keeps setting records cumulatively, could he make 80 million this year? Now that might be possible. Even that's at the very high end, but that's possible. But for one fight, I'd say it's probably closer to 20. Again, from 2010, let's say one more time, to 2017, not payouts like with, oh, show and win money, show money, win money, locker room bonus. Pay-per-view payouts domestic, pay-per-view Canada, pay-per-view UK, pay-per-view New Zealand, pay-per-view Australia, pay-per-view Ireland, everywhere, Sweden, anything, anything, any amount of money that changed hands, anything, the most any fighter got in the Rousey, Brock, Connor era up through, including 2017, $8 million for a single fight. The notion he's making 80 is just not rooted in reality. Uh, okay. How many buys did it do? No fucking idea. Someone says, I'll send you five bucks to say one of my favorite MMA analyzers. You're monotone. Well, turn it off then. Thanks for the five. Doc checks Macy's knee, but Tiago against Jones. People were saying to me that there's an ACL check you can do in like the field that is pretty accurate. Okay. Then maybe he did. I've just never seen that before. Why are women allowed to wear rash guards? Don't know. Don't like that rule at all. There's, a, there's an area where I agree with Rogan. That is pretty, actually, unfair. I don't like that rule even a little bit. So it says, shoulder strikes. Fucking John Jones. Does no one see this? They didn't have that effect. They didn't. I've never seen John Jones throw shoulder strikes and break someone's nose. Mass with all Connor next. Again, we've already been over this. Uh, what did you think of the Joker movie? I'm not getting to that right now. Sorry, I appreciate the donation, but I'm not getting to that right now. Ferguson win, immediate could be rematch or Connor. Now that's where it gets a little dicey. That's where it gets a little dicey. This is why I think they're going to go ahead and make the fight with Jorge because I think both those guys are going to come out of that a little bit banged up, which gives it some time in case they have to. Um, I would say you give it to Khabib because he's been undefeated up to this point. But 
Connor's market power is so strong that they'll probably just give it to him. Someone says Zhang overpowers Joanna, similar to Kamaru and Colby. Like in firepower? Maybe. Predictions for McGregor versus Gaethje. McGregor versus Poirier 2. McGregor versus Edwards. All fights I'd love to see. <sighs> Again, with Gaethje, if he can be defensively responsible, he can win. But if he's not, Connor's going to set him on fire. McGregor versus Poirier 2. I'd probably still go with McGregor. McGregor versus Leon Edwards. You would want to see that, really? Uh, I might even say Edwards for that, just because he would just drag the fight in the most boring way. Uh, so I'll, I'll say this. McGregor wins two of those three, one of those being Poirier for sure. There you go. All right? All right. Well, one last time, let's do this. Give the video a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. If you've not been here before, I do these post-fight shows. I do a live chat every Friday. I upload videos from my radio show on SiriusXM, interviews, analysis, uh, and hopefully a lot more this coming year. So get to it, donks. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. Share this around. I will put this on my Spotify slash SoundCloud slash Stitcher feed. I'll put the audio up either tonight or first thing tomorrow morning. Um, but share this around. Let folks know about it, okay? All right. I got stuff to do. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. And until next time, get some sleep.